بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وبعد. Respected ulama, honored elders, brothers, mothers, and sisters, today we have recited the 26th juz of the Noble Quran containing various surah and chapters detailing various aspects. Today we wish to concentrate on one particular surah and some of the lessons that can be taken from that surah and that is Surah Al-Hujurat. The word Al-Hujurat means the chambers or the rooms referring to the rooms of the family members of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Within the surah there is a particular incident that has been recorded which is the reason why that verse had been revealed at its particular moment. But today we won't be touching on that specific incident. Instead, we speak of the overwhelming theme in the surah. And the theme in this surah is social etiquette. How a Muslim ought to behave. The mannerisms that you and I need to imbibe in our lives. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins the surah by saying, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu la tuqaddimu bayna yadayillahi wa rasoolihi wa attaqullah. O believers, do not advance beyond the injunctions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not advance beyond the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whether it be by action, whether it be verbally. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all hearing and all knowing. The scholars explain that there are various interpretations of this verse as to how a person advances beyond Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So what would happen sometimes in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, some people would walk before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They would walk in front of the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So some say that that is the reason why this verse was revealed to inform the Sahaba radiallahu anhum that etiquette when it comes to behavior in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is that you should walk behind the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and let him advance. Others say that this was referring to speaking before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would speak. So sometimes Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would have a gathering and one or two sahaba perhaps would speak before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam obviously with no intention of uh, with no intention of belittling Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in any way this was just something that was being done so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the verse that oh believers do not advance beyond the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or before the messenger of Allah there is then a third interpretation which is the one that you and I can really take lesson from and that is do not advance beyond the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and obviously this goes hand in hand with do not advance or do not think that you have the answer over and above what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered one to do. So we see this is something very common in today's day and age that a command given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a teaching shown by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is often overlooked and a person thinks that no, let me think on my own. I have the capacity, I have the, the mental ability to think for my own. And I don't need to follow what is being told to me. And very eloquently put just a few nights ago by our senior Imam Qari Salih, 
that quoting the saying of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an that if deen and if sharia were, were based on a person's intellect on a person's logic then a person would have had to make mash and wipe the bottom part of the leather sock instead of the top part of the leather sock when making wudu because the bottom part is the part that's going to get dirty when we walk instead of the top part so logic would have told a person that you wipe the bottom piece to clean the leather sock but the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the teaching of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is that you wipe the top half so do not advance do not think that your mind can advance before and beyond the injunctions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The second verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu la tarfa'u aswatakum fawqa sawtin nabi. That, O oh believers, do not raise your voices above the voice of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And while the verse may have been revealed for a specific incident you and I can still take lesson and the lesson is actually for us up until today and up until those to come until Qiyamah and one may ask that how can this apply to us because we are not living with Rasulullah so how can we or how is it possible for us to raise our voices beyond the voice of Rasulullah or beyond the presence of Rasulullah the scholars very beautifully express that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is alive in his qabr like the other anbiya alayhi salatu was salam this is a known fact and even after the physical demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from, from this temporary world the scholars would mention that you would have people who would speak in the masjid of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they would raise their voice in fact, there was one incident where Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anh, he was in the masjid, masjid of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he heard two people speaking very loudly. So he went to those two people and he asked them, that, do you not know where you are sitting? Don't you know where you are? You are in the masjid of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam lays rest right here. Then he asked them that where are the two of you from? So they said that we are from Ta'if. And Sayyidina Umar said, Lucky you guys are from Ta'if. Because if you were from Medina Munawara, I would have beaten you up. If you were from Medina Munawara, I would have taught you a lesson. So we find it a very sad situation today that today when we advance to the Haramain Sharifain, then the way that we act in front of the Kaaba Musharrafa, the way that perhaps many Muslims are acting in front of the Qabr of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is despicable. We have people who are actually posing and are doing really uh, very uncouth things in front of the qabr of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam this verse ought, ought to come to mind that where the sahaba radiallahu anhum were prevented from even speaking a little bit louder than the voice of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam we need to really question the, the way that a person can't even go through one salah in al-masjid al-nabawi without hearing perhaps 10, 15 or 20 different ringtones going on and obviously this might be unintentional in some circumstances but we need to really make sure that we are in the correct etiquette when we visit the Haramain Sharifain may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open the doors of the Haramain Sharifain all three uh, harams and make it easy for us to visit them Amin Ya Rabbil Alameen further on in the surah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains the virtue and 
the importance of patching up and reconciling between people who are fighting. That whenever we see people are quarreling, whenever we see people are in an argument, that we, should, we shouldn't be there to try and add more fuel to the fire. Sometimes we, they, in, they, they used to say, I don't know if it's Afrikaans, so they say, this person likes nivis. You know, they, they like to be in a situation and they just like to hear what's going on. They want to see what's going on and they want to be part of that uh, argument just so that they can find entertainment from it. But this is not the way to act as a believer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, Do what you can to reconcile between those people that are arguing, those people that are having that particular quarrel. Further on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, O believers, لَا يَسْخَرْ قَوْمٌ مِّنْ قَوْمٍ عَسَىٰ أَنْ يَكُونُوا خَيْرًا مِّنْهُمْ That do not mock other people because perhaps they may have qualities that far supersede and far outweigh the qualities that you may possess. And this goes for the women as well. That, O oh, believing women, do not mock other women because you don't know what qualities they possess. It might supersede and outweigh the qualities that you have. Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, Do not call each other names that are undesirable. Do not mock each other. Do not verbally abuse one another and verbally criticize each other. We know the surah very well. Destruction be for every humaza and lumaza. Humaza is a person who with his action or maybe with his facial expression, he tries to show a bit of a mocking a remark at a person sitting nearby. Check this guy. And you know, they, they pop the head or maybe wink at another friend that, see, this is what I was talking about. So we mock another person with action. Lumaza, that person that mocks another person verbally, he says something to that person. Maybe he makes fun of that person or whatever it may be. Once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam overheard Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha comment on the shortness in height of Sayyidah Safiya radiallahu anha, the co-wife to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam of Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam gently advised her that, O oh Aisha, today you have uttered a word that had it been mixed with the sweet waters of the oceans, it would have made those waters bitter. Had you mixed or had that, that words been dropped into the oceans, it would have made the sweet water of the ocean better. And finally, we go to another lesson that we can learn from the surah. Oh believers, once again, abstain from those actions or abstain from any suspicious thoughts. Do not spy on people. Do not stalk people. And finally, do not backbite other people. That do not, none of you should backbite and speak ill of another person. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum once asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or rather Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked them, Atadruna mal ghiba? Do you know what is ghiba? And they said that we await the, uh, the way that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would say it. Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam know best. And it is to mention the another brother or to mention something about your brother or your sister in their absence. So the Sahaba radiallahu anhum asked that, O oh, Messenger of Allah, what if whatever we're speaking about that person is true? That that person really has that quality. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, if the person has the quality, you have engaged in backbiting about him or her. And if the person doesn't have that quality, then you have actually slandered that person and that is an even greater sin. 
Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explains on the night of Mi'raj when he had seen certain amazing things and things beyond what the eye can see and what the mind can fathom. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that he seen the scene in Jahannam and he had seen people with nails of copper and they were scratching and clawing at their faces and pulling their chest and their, the, the skin on their chest and their faces out. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked Sayyidina Jibreel alayhi salam that who are these people? Why are they being punished like this? And Jibreel alayhi salam replied that these are those people who ate the flesh of other people who had engaged in backbiting about other people. I'll end off with one incident that Imam al-Bayhaqi rahimahullah brings and he says that there were once two women in Medina Munawara and they were unable to drink anything or eat anything. There was nothing that could pass their food pipe or go into their food pipe. And they were unable to speak also. So these two women were brought before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked for a little dish. And he asked these women that try and induce vomit and spew out whatever you have in you. So the first woman, she had vomited out and had thrown up bile, some blood and a little bit of pus. And, the, and it filled up about half of that dish. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa asked the second woman to do, to do the same thing. And she had thrown up also bile, blood, pus, and she had even thrown up some pieces of meat. And at that point, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was obviously inspired with what had occurred between these women. And he said that this is a true manifestation that these two women could not allow those things which Allah made halal, like water and halal food. These women couldn't bring that or bring themselves to eat and consume those things. Yet, they were actually bringing up things that are despicable, things that are not good. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, the reason for this is because these two women would, then, would sit almost every day and they would speak about this one. They would speak about the news of the neighbor. They would gossip about people. And this is something once again for each one of us to take lesson from. That how often it is that we engage in backbiting, we don't even realize that we are doing it. In our fasting, we always say that shaitan is locked up so they can, we can't always or continuously blame the devil. But we need to question and see the devils in ourselves as well. That during our own fasting, sometimes just one word can pass, one comment about another individual that is backbiting. So we need to really take a step back and think before we speak because we don't want to end up like these cases that we have spoken of and we don't want to earn the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah wa ta'ala grant us all the understanding to practice. We will now inshallah proceed with our dhikr.